don't recognize the gravity, the physicality, and yet no one's noticing it in a way. They're not talking about it at the cafe this morning. You know, there's not a like. Uh, you look on the weather. You know, on the uh, paper and says the gravity effect, effect today is going to be very heavy. Watch out for your right shoulder. It's shooting for right shoulders today. Everyone will be drooping. You know, no, no, like that. You know, pull your pants up a lot more times. <laughs> gravity is really having a large force. No, it's, but it's on us all the time, and you don't know it unless you got relief from it. Like if you went into an anti-gravity thing, you'd realize the, the effects of gravity. The same thing with everything else. It's the exact same way. It's like people in, in, a, in alcoholism, they're suffering from a disease and a, a incredible, like a parasitical movement of mind. And so then they, they know that something's screwing with them. They don't know what it is, but they have a, they have a sense that something, so they know it that way. They know it by being at its effect, yeah? But then, if they get relief from it, they'll know it, right? Not being affected by it. And then they'll see it instead of seeing from it, yeah? So you can believe you know something, but you're seeing from it. But to really know it is to be relieved of it, yeah? So the same thing with the gravity. We can talk about gravity while we're under it all day, but to really know it is when you're relieved of it. When if you went into an anti-gravity thing, you would go, wow, that's why I feel like that when I'm going uphill. You know, That's why I can't catch my breath anymore at the 24th stair. That's why, yeah, you would understand. You'd, you'd have a totally different understanding about the problem from the solution than you would from the problem. Yeah? From the problem, our idea of relief is varied and, and, and has a tons of different solutions, but they're all basically inherently rooted in the problem. So they don't actually work. The relief from the problem is that you see the problem doesn't actually exist. When you see it from the solution, the problem is imaginary. Just like I was listening to people at a meeting, and a number of meetings lately, and they keep saying, we have a hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah, that's not what it says in the in the forward of the Big Book of AA. It says we recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's totally different. A hopeless state of mind and body. We might as well all get loaded right now. <laughs> if it was a hopeless state of mind and body, we might as well get some relief. <laughs> you know, if it was to get loaded, it would be a damn good idea. But it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And it seems like a very little bit of a difference, but it's huge. Seemingly explains everything. Seemingly, def the definition of seemingly is that it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah? To you. In other words, this location makes that so. Yeah? Trying to change that without changing this location is crazy. If you change this location, if you see maybe you're not this long-lasting, independent, separate entity, all that it made so may now be thrown into suspicion. Yeah? It may start to be able to move. You'll be able to recognize it as not being the way you thought it was. You see? It's so beautiful. It really is. So seemingly, as it appears to be true or false to you. So when, let's say, somebody... It's just like when they talk about a resentment. A resentment is a re-feeling. Yeah, you're re-feeling something. You're re-feeling what you thought was a prior threat at one time. Yeah, someone was threatening your man threatening your manhood or taking away your 
money or doing this, and you're perceiving the same event happening that isn't happening, yet it's because of what you believe it was happening, and it may not be happening now, but it appears to be happening to you. It doesn't matter if it's happening or not. If you perceive it to be happening, the threat, the feeling of a threat arises. Yeah? There may be no threat whatsoever, but you've made it up in a way. That's what's happening all day. Yeah? That's why in The Course of Miracles says you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's why we can make a mountain out of a molehill. How can a molehill be made into a mountain? If it was truly a molehill, it would be a molehill. Yeah? Everyone who came upon it would see it as a molehill because its reality, its inherent existence would be it's a molehill. But a molehill can, be, uh, can become a mountain like that. How can it be so unless, unless the molehill isn't actually so? Yeah? How, how can something that's a problem Monday to you not be a problem Tuesday to you and then be a problem again Wednesday? You feel pretty good Monday, it's not a problem. You feel pretty bad Tuesday, it's a problem. You feel really good Wednesday, it's not a problem. You don't see your role in it? You don't see your role in that problem? If it was a problem, it would have to be a problem. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If it was a problem. If there was something called a problem that actually existed, it would have to be a problem every moment it existed. It couldn't change from one thing to another. Or you'd have to say it doesn't actually exist. That's the solution. The solution to the idea of being suffering from the bondage of self is that the self doesn't actually exist. That's the only solution that's worth its salt. Yeah? Because from the solution's point of view, it's not so. Yeah? From the problem's point of view, it's really so, and you better get relief from it. Yeah? Which is almost like a form of slavery. Because you can't get relief from an imaginary problem. <laughs> the relief from the imaginary problem is a problem. Yeah? Because now you got more. Now you're preoccupied with, i got to get relief from this problem. So let's say if you meditate, and that's the idea of getting relief from it, and then you're in the habit of meditating, and there's become an identification with that me- action of meditation, as you're the meditator, and you miss a meditation in the morning, your interpretation of that day is going to be, this day sucks, because why? I didn't meditate. Yeah. So now the solution to the problem is part of the problem. Yeah. Your, your day is being interpreted once again by the head, and it has this beautiful succulent thing, to, to verify its projection, which is meditation. And so now, you're rushing to get home. You say, oh, I don't have time for you. I can't eat, you know, I can only take one bite. Just gobble up, go to McDonald's. All this stuff is probably bad for you to get home to make up for the hour you missed in the morning. You don't see it? To me, that's a sl- form of slavery. So, this whole idea... How long would it take for you to get out of somewhere that you're not in? (laughs) How long would it take? Would you need a map? Would you need to have, like, some gear? Would you have to get some special gear? I'm 
getting ready for a big journey today. I'm going nowhere. Could you possibly ever get lost if you weren't going anywhere? Could you? Could you ever be lost if you weren't going anywhere? To be lost, you have to feel like you're supposed to be going somewhere, right? If you're not going anywhere, how can you be lost? This is how you can disengage this head from this crazy entertaining it's doing. All of its entertaining gets all of its worth and value from some crazy assumptions. Like, you can be out of a moment. Yeah? There's not one, one moment in your life that you've been out of. Not one. You have not been out of one moment in your life. If they had a film of you, supposedly, the body appearance in this life, you've never been out of one of those moments. Yeah? Not one. You could be sitting there going, oh, I'm thinking about Hawaii, but where, what you're doing is there's thoughts about Hawaii in Marin City on Saturday morning, and you're being filmed. So your idea of being who you are right here is right here. So the whole idea of getting into the moment is pretty insane, isn't it? But I, can, I probably can be better. I can be into, in the moment better. All right? Okay. So let's bring it to a statement in recovery. Maybe you don't want to, you're not in recovery, but I think it's applicable. It says, one of the major delusions of the whole situation is we believe, even when we get tons of evidence that we're not managerial quality in life, we still believe that if we could only manage better, everything would go well. Isn't that managing better? All right, so I'm in the moment, but I could be in it better. I know I could. I know I could. This, I can make it mean more than it means. I can, let me, I mean, I can stuff myself even deeper into this moment. <laughs> let me, I could pranarize myself into it. I could yogaize myself to it. I could tai chiize myself into this moment even more than I'm in. Isn't that the same delusion that it says in the recovery? The major delusion, it says, is that we keep believing, no matter all the evidence, that if we could only manage better, it's not that we're not managing your body, we're just not doing it right. So we're not doing this moment right. Who says that? Who says that? Who informs you that you could be more in the moment? Did you have that? Was something informing you? Was a godlike spirit informing you when you were two years old that you could be more in the moment, if you have any memory of it? Or when you were three? I had memory, memories of three. Or three and a half. Did a godlike voice say, you, Paul, could be more in the moment? No. Did a godlike voice say, you better start searching for spirituality at three years old? No. Did, retreats did not come up in my head. Meditation did not come up in my head. I wasn't looking for a spiritual teacher. I wasn't looking to get rolled. I wasn't looking for many things at all. I was just looking at the ants, or smelling the flowers, or running around, doing whatever. Yeah? Because my mind hadn't entertained all those crazy assumptions that I could be somewhere other than where I am. Yeah? Or that this could be so much better. Or... My mother should be beautiful, or my room should be bigger, or I should have gap clothes on, or whatever it was. None of that was being entertained by my head. Yeah? I had to grow into that. My mind had to grow into all that activity. And if it grew, seemingly grew into it, then the opposite is true. It can grow out of it. Yeah? The dilemma is, when we grow into this activity, there's an idea that there's a self, yeah? When we try to grow out of it, the idea of the self migrates with that activity. 
So now there's the feeling of self trying to get out of self. That's what, that's what uh, boomerangs us. That's what jackpots us. Yeah? We grew into a mental state. It became dominant. And we, we want to get out of some of its effects, but we don't realize the dominant aspect of the mental state is identification as a self. So when that identification is placed and it wants to migrate out of this bad place into a better place, it travels as the thing that's producing, quote-unquote, that bad place. Yeah, It's like the virus wants to leave the Petri dish that it's growing in. So it takes growth, but everywhere it goes, it takes the Petri dish with it. Yeah? So the whole point is, self can't get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to find the Buddha. You can't use the mind to find the mind. Do you know what that means? Do you have a sense of it? You can't use mind, raw mind, especially when it's been conditioned into a utensil, into acquiring and getting and understanding and knowing. You can't use that mind to know mind. You've got to question the format of the mind that you're taking to be mine, and if that's not so, then that's mine. Yeah? There's not using mind to find mind. You just question how the mind is, and when it ain't, that's mind. Yeah? Just as it is right now. Because the rawness or the virginness of it or the clarity of it has never been affected by whatever's been put over it. Your skin never becomes the clothes you put on, does it? How many different shirts have you worn in your life? Your skin never took on the qualities of that shirt. No matter how many suits you wore, your skin never took on the qualities of that suit. No matter how many jackets you put on, no matter how many pants you put on, no matter how many briefs or boxes you put on, or panties or whatever, no matter how many stockings you put on, the skin has never taken on the qualities of what you put on, has it? Not one bit. This is what mind is like. No matter how many formats of mind want to be put over mind, yeah, they don't tattoo mind. Yeah? They don't leave an impression on mind. Mind and mind alone is free and independent and empty of any of the qualities that have been laid over it you know, or have been applied to it or have been, have been used to format it. Yeah. So thousands of shirts, not one of my, my skin hasn't turned greenish black today because I had this shirt on. Yeah. It, didn't, it wasn't blue when I had a blue shirt on. The same with mine. selfing quite a lot, and when it reflects selfing, you know, a subjective language that's constantly being broadcast in the thought system, yeah? Supposedly 70,000 thoughts a day, let's say you're 5,000 of them, you're aware of. 5,000 thoughts wrapped in language and you hear them, yes? 5,000, and every bit of that language implies that you're a doer, that you're a haver, that you're a separate, long-lasting, independent thing. They either do it directly or covertly. They, they imply, they infer, they point at. But that's all it is. It, there's always this inference. And they cannot make what they are, they're inferring. They cannot make what they're implying. But the thoughts 
can be used by the mind, the conditional mind, to make a leap into thought, 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 I'm the thinker. Feelings, 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 I'm the feeler. Yeah? Problems, 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 they're my problems. Yeah? It makes the leap. The mind makes the leap. The mind grew into this leap. Yeah? And it can grow out of that leap. The thing is, is the question, the idea of being a self, because if it gets the first part of, of the knowledge, which is, hey, you can grow out of this, it may want to grow out of it as it, as the system itself, the self. So we're questioning the second part of it. You're not that which wants to get out of it. Yeah? Because what wants to get out of it, that representative of you is what also believes it's in it. We're questioning you're not in it. Therefore, there's no need to get out of it. That's getting out of it. It triggers the mind. The mind now knows without a logical sense of knowing that's been conditioned into us. This, therefore, that. You see an action, there must be an actor. Yeah? You see a happening, someone must have done the happening. If it isn't you, if it isn't me, it's God. It's something. Something has to be the cause of all this. Why is that so? Why does it need to be an individual cause to anything that happens here? Can't there just be seeing? Why does it have to be a seer? That's the logic of a conditional mind. If you, if you attempt to entertain other possibilities but are defined by that same logic, you're going to make all those other possibilities the same old, same old. They're going to be something that you need to do to get and you'll have to be vigilant about it when you get it because it'll have a tendency to want to leave you at any minute. Yeah. Take a resentment. Some people, you go on a retreat for a month, you leave, the effects may last a day or two. You have a resentment that you're still harboring for 35 years. It's incredible. A miracle happens this morning, you forgot it in two hours. 30 years ago, something you thought happened, it may not even happen. You're still dwelling on it. You've got to see the bias of the mind. It's not objective. Yeah, It's already biased. It's like skewered right now. So there's a different situation now. All right, so now there's no need to get out. Woo! Then you'll realize why you wanted to keep entertaining that you were in somewhere to get out. Because now the real responsibility arises, which is you're fucking awake. Yeah? <laughs> that separates the girls from the women and the boys from the men, I'll tell you. It's so much easier to want to want to be free than to be free, <laughs> in, in a mental way. <laughs> because you can always have tons of excuses why you're not free. <laughs> There's no excuses when you're free. <laughs> you're just incessantly on. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Why do you think the mind's doing this dance right now? <laughs> Anything not to be there. <laughs> Can we put it off for a little longer? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'll make you everything as long as I don't have to be anything. <laughs> gladly give you a big donation if I don't have to <laughs> if, I, if I don't have to entertain <laughs> I'm really there <laughs> I'd like to see you there but <laughs> so I can get mad at you and say, oh he's not really there <laughs> but I don't want to be there no. <laughs> that's a little too much for me yeah here's some money keep talking <laughs> when are we going to go to coffee <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the charade will keep going on. But inevitably your mind's wide awake. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Have you ever died in this life? I've had a few occasions where it's happened. You know. I remember the only... It's like water and oil. Yeah. The absence of this and this is like water and oil. They don't mix. Yeah. There's no perfection here in a person. In manifestation. Manifestation is dualistically expressed. Yes. It's just the mind doing its best it can to sort of mimic and open up to be an expression of what cannot be expressed. That's the best it can do. And it's a, it's a great, great, great adventure for it. Yeah? It actually, it meets, it's a challenge worthy of, it, of the mind. Yeah? To try to express what's inexpressible. To try to, to, uh, to get, to be, uh, to, to produce a large enough surface to reflect the infinite, yeah? It's a pretty damn good challenging uh, activity. And that it's, what it's reflecting is never ending and never, never elongates or shortens or it gets larger or smaller, but is incessantly on, then that reflection is sort of like a, its ability to reflect is what is its ability to reflect is matched by what it's attempting to reflect, yeah? You see your original face, like they say in Zen. You see your original face. You become aware of the awareness, yeah? You become aware of that. It's like I always loved the Dok Chen, which is like a sect of Buddhism. Dok Chen is about the great perfection. Sort of into like relaxed awareness, and, like, and I sort of like that. And they use they use the open sky like as a as an example quite a lot. And it's a really nice example of mind, yeah, the open sky. And so right now, if someone would 
try to describe the sky, what could they describe? They usually would describe the clouds in it, yes? That's what happened. Because you can't really describe the sky. You can give it a color, but that color isn't really what it is, yes? So the sky is open, and a lot of things appear in it, yeah? And a lot of those things have effects to us, but they don't affect the sky, do they? Like, the sky doesn't get wet when it rains. The earth does, yeah? When a bird takes a shit, it doesn't land on the sky. It usually lands on your car, yes? When, if there was explosions in the sky, big explosions that could have blown up a building here, it doesn't rip the sky open, does it? That's sort of like mind. That's what mind is like, yeah? So no matter what you believe you've done ever in your life, any effect on that mind. In other words, if you can't see that you're not the doer, then everything that you believe you've done doesn't have any effect on what you truly are. Yeah? You're not convicted. You're not on probation here. You don't have to seek parole. You just bring all the cases to the court of light, and there's an annulment there. Yeah? You're let go because you've never been convicted. You've been in a court of conditional mind, and you're never going to get out of that court. You're going to play the judge one day. You're going to play the defendant another day. You're going to play the prosecuting attorney another day. You're going to be kind of a defense witness one day. But you're always going to be in that court system. Yeah? This just brings you right out of that. You just fucking... You're, it's prior to being forgiven. Yeah? You see that nothing ever really happened to you. So all those hooks, mostly, most, all of them imaginary, you let off. And the biggest hook is your own. Yeah? That one that you have in you, like a little lead ball in your gut, that no matter how many people tell you you're loving, you really believe you're not. No matter how many people say... You're a really nice boyfriend, Paul. You think you should be so much better and you won't let yourself off that hook. All those mental little fucking bear traps that your little fucking ankles have been caught in all your life. All those like spring open and you realize the imaginary quality of it all. Everything is seemingly so here. Everything is seemingly so. I don't care how many people vote for it as being real. It's still seemingly so. And so if the mind changes, life changes, yeah? If life changes, what's manifesting or what's expressing the mind, which is your little action figure, will travel lighter, yeah? And the mind will be relieved of a lot of the burdens of being stuck on the flypaper of this world and will be able to entertain other possibilities while you've got enough ability to deal with life day at a time, yeah? And so your mind will be freed and it will be entertaining its own face while it's appearing and, act and actively dancing around here. You've got tons of attention. There's no, there's no finite uh, reservoir of attention. You don't run out of attention, do you? Did you spend too much attention and now you don't have any for Saturday? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, someone who's been obsessed all day yesterday, all day, they were just going over the same, what did she mean by saying hello to me? <laughs> hour after hour, hour after hour. They still have tons of attention today, don't they? You can't outspend it, can you? 
You can obsess about the most trivial thing for five days in a row, and when it finally breaks, you still have tons of attention for the next day. Does it, does it ever run out? <coughs> You have so much. We have plenty of attention to deal with what's happening here, and then the 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 and then there's a lot. You can't even say a lot. There's a, there's a, some of the attention can rest on what's what's truly uh, able to be rested upon. What's truly reliable, not self. Self is totally unreliable. That's the whole point of recovery. It says, though, why are you in so much fear today? And he doesn't let you answer, thank God, or it would have been about an 8,000-page book, you know. There would be tons of, instead of the stories in the back, they would have, why are you in so much fear? There'd be 800 stories of why, why you're in fear, and none of them would be valid at all. And because he says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Yeah? So he's, he saw it, hopefully, that, hey, the system of self is a failed system. So when you're relying on it, but when mind relies on it, it agitates the mind. Yeah, it's sort of like the mind's looking for rest, let's say, goes into the motel, and there's, it's a cheap motel, and there's like a little machine, the 50-cent little massager bed. It puts up two quarters in, and it's expecting to get some relaxation. All it does is get agitated. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's not the mind that's, it's, it's rest, what it's resting on is agitating. Yeah? So now the mind is resting on self and relying on it, this idea of a self, and it's agitated. So when, if you ever see a clear and clear surface of water, it has the ability to reflect, but when it's agitated, is it reflecting? You just see the surface. You see all the ups and downs. You don't see, it almost seems like it's solid, yeah? When it's smooth, when there's no wind and nothing going on on it, it has the ability to reflect. You see the sky in it. That's what mind is like, and here's the sky. Let's say that's awareness. When the mind is not agitated, it reflects. When the mind is agitated by relying on self, all you see is the surface of the mind, and it seems to be real. I'm a long-lasting, independent, separating. I'm the thinker. I'm the feeler. I'm the doer here. That same mind, right, when the conditions shift, when it changes, the, the wind stops blowing, these mental winds, it becomes clear and, and smooth. It reflects what? the fucking sky. So you see, you're seeing just like you did the day before, but now you're just not seeing the surface and taking it to be solid. You see the whole sky captured by the surface of the water. That's what it's like. That's traveling lighter. The mind is reflecting something that's not moving, that's not agitated. That's clear and pristine and brilliant. And it has an effect on how it travels here in this, this place of manifestation. My, my experience of it over, after a long period of time is that it, you will travel lighter. It doesn't say your geography of your life will change. You'll travel lighter over whatever is entailed in your life, be it bad relationships or this or that. That's what You'll travel lighter through it. Yeah. Guaranteed. What more would you want? <laughs> the same mind doesn't have to go through rigorous changes. You don't have to take tons of stuff. You just shift what it's relying on. 
And I'll tell you, the utmost reliance on a system is being identified as it. Yeah? So if you're relying on self-centeredness, and the utmost level of reliance would be identification as a self, yeah? I'm saying that's the root of the problem. And I'm also saying, from the solution's point of view, it's imaginary, because the mind could not be a self. It's not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It's not a thing. Yeah? So from the problem's point of view, it may look like a yeoman's job to get out of the problem, but from the solution's point of view, it's not a yeoman's job to get out because you're not in. There's all these paths and they say, you know, they all lead to one point, which is, hey, I really need to do nothing. Why not start there? <laughs> you know what I mean? If every path you're ever going to be on is going to lead there anyway, why not entertain starting there? I need to do nothing. So here's these birds go by. So they're like thoughts, right, in the sky. There you go. Your eyes are open. And so you see the bird. Yeah? You now in shamanism, that's a sign. The crow. Now there's three of them. That's also a sign. They're coming right over us. Hmm. See? Here they are. So now my mind's given meaning to the crow. That's what it does. Yeah. The crow went. What's still here? The space the crow f- flew in through, right? I can hear the crow distantly. So let's say that thought was a my thought. So that would have an echo still. So you're still listening to it because it's your thought. But it dies. What's still here? The space that it moved in and the space that it was heard in. Yeah? That space is the uninterrupted uninterrupted state of your mind. The thoughts and the sounds are appearances in the mind. The uninterrupted state of the mind is still here and it will never not be here. Things show up in it. They grab your attention. Your mind gives meaning to it. Flies away. If that bird was my bird, my attention would have followed it a little longer. Where do, How did my bird get out of here? Where's my bird going? Yeah. There would be a little bit of an investment in it, and therefore I, the distraction from the sense of the state or the space of the mind, the sky, would be taken for a little longer. That's what selfing does. But in fact, when it, selfing exhausts itself, which it, which it does, it's finite, you're left with what's always been so, the state of mind. Why not start there, be there, and there? got plenty of attention to follow five thoughts, five crows, and not lose the sense of the space of the mind. got plenty of attention to deal with your day and not lose the sense in the space of the mind. You have plenty of attention to deal with what you think are future important needs and past reflections, and you still have enough attention to abide in the space of the mind. Yeah? It's not an either-or thing. Yeah? There's this diffuse, there's a diffuse state, the presence, yeah? 
things come through it, and there's a contraction, and there's an attention given to it, in a subject-object relation usually, that's the dilemma, that's the sickness of mind, but that breaks, and what happens is the aperture springs back, and there's the attention to the space. With selfing, it never springs back all the way. It stays in a fixed frame. And so you get caught in a claustrophobic little framing. And so now all you're seeing is things appearing in a very small space. And after a while, the things dominate the space, and you forget the space, and all you do is see the things, yeah? That's called the loop loop of self-importance. That's the disease of the mind. It's forgotten the quality of the spaciousness of its own nature, and now it's just claustrophobically confined by things, yeah? Thoughts and feelings and, and objects and da-da-da and time, yeah? So when it springs back, it only springs back like this. It hits the frame of selfing, yeah? And then it contracts with desires. It, just, it, con- it, it contracts and go- moves back with aversion, but it never leaves this now, con- this locked-in aperture, called selfing, yeah, identification of self. We're questioning that. It has the, its capabilities like this, boom, it'll spring right back out, yeah, bing. It's like someone who's breathing so short, they don't know the extent of their, the capacity of their lung. They've just been so used to breathing, they're never breathing deep anymore because they don't entertain the possibility they can breathe breathe deep. Then they go to a class and someone says, all right, take your time, stretch out, now breathe deep. And they're like, whoa, yeah. Mine is the same, locked in. Yeah, But you don't see it because you're seeing from it. It's called a form of looking called self-centeredness. So the crow becomes the most dominant thing, Yeah. And so your day is interpreted with, there was 20 crows today. Instead of the incessant space of the mind all day, you're now looking, I had great things happen today. Five great things. Or like when I'm in the surf, I caught five great waves. But I was in the water the whole time. Yeah. Don't forget the water aspect of it. You're in the freaking water the whole time. You caught five waves, but the whole event was in the water. Yeah. Whatever happened to you today, the whole event has been comprised in this context of space. Yeah. Yeah. Using mind as a a synonym for consciousness or awareness? Awareness, not consciousness. Consciousness is something else. What is it? I don't know, but it's, it's defined by what it's moving through quite a lot. So consciousness is human consciousness, there's a crow consciousness, there's bird consciousness, plant consciousness. Awareness isn't defined by anything. So you're yeah. using awareness and mind. Different, yes. Here you can seem to be unconscious and conscious, yeah? But there's awareness, pure and simple, yeah? Even when you say there's awareness with our language, it sounds like awareness is a thing, doesn't it? But it's not a thing. But that's what this language does. It gives qualities to things that aren't things. It makes everything into something, which is fine if it's if it's something already, like a chair, and then make it into a like an upholstered chair. But when it's no thing, and the language just implies it into a something, you miss the sense of the no thing. 
And if you're listening, if your whole day is directed by thought, it's defined and navigated by thought, you're never going to realize that you're in the water. You're going to be like a fish that never knows it's in the water. You're never going to sense the space of the mind. Any questions? More questions?